This podcast is brought to you by Contessa Digital. You're listening to Things They Don't Tell Her. Everything you don't get taught about periods, pregnancy, and postpartum. I'm going to take you on a journey back to sex ed and teach you what really matters. Ladies, it's time you felt empowered in your bodies. I'm your host, Caitlin Pender, founder of Her Women's Health, and I'm sharing tips to optimize your fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum journey. So today I'm going to be chatting all about how you can practice relaxing your pelvic floor in preparation for birth. So we all have heard about and have begun to have more awareness of the importance of the pelvic floor and how it might be important in pregnancy and in the postpartum period. So thanks to social media, there is much greater awareness. Women are talking more and more about their pelvic floor and the importance of seeing a pelvic floor physio either in the postpartum period or sometimes in pregnancy. But today I want to chat about the pelvic floor in pregnancy and I want to talk about why I think it's so important to connect with a pelvic floor physiotherapist during your pregnancy, even preconception. I think it's really important to understand what your pelvic floor is doing and we have become, as women, so shut off from this group of muscles. If I asked you to point to your bicep, you'd know where it was, you'd know how to contract it, how to relax it. But if I asked you to contract and relax your pelvic floor, most women wouldn't even be sure that they were doing it properly and lots of women wouldn't be sure whether they were switching on the correct muscles. So there are so many things that can impact our pelvic floor tone. So I want you to imagine a spectrum of muscle tightness. So let's think about a yoga class. If you've ever been to a yoga class, you might have noticed that some people can literally get their hands flat on the floor in a forward fold and other people in the class can barely reach past their shins. And this is because everyone has subtle differences in their connective tissue tone. So their muscle length and the fascia and all of the connective tissue that makes up their body. And some people have really flexible connective tissue and others have quite tight connective tissue. And our connective tissue is influenced by so many things. So one thing is whether we've had an injury to the area in the past For example, if you've ever had an injury anywhere in your body, what you might notice is even though you've rehabbed the injury, for instance, I have had an Achilles tendinopathy on my left foot um, and now I still, five years down the track, notice I get a lot more calf tightness on my left side than I do on my right. So having an injury in the past can make the muscle tighter. Our genetics can certainly have an impact and our emotional state when it comes to the pelvic floor can also impact. So as I said, thinking about that spectrum, a woman could have a pelvic floor anywhere on a spectrum from really underactive to really overactive. So things that might make the pelvic floor more overactive, more tight, 
include genetics. So we know from the research that certain ethnic groups tend to have uh, tighter connective tissue in the pelvic floor, particularly Asian women. Um, and we know that genetics, like if your mother has a history of pelvic organ prolapse or underactivity in the pelvic floor, that you are slightly more predisposed. So, you know, our genetics can impact. We know that an injury, so if we think about the pelvic floor in regards to injury, if you've had, um, I'm currently in Japan snowboarding, and um, when I was learning to snowboard, I certainly had a lot of falls on my ass. And all of those falls, particularly if you've had a tailbone injury, would have led to slight increased tension in the pelvic floor that you may still be holding on to. But then there's also a lot of physiological things that impact the vagina that can impact the pelvic floor tone. So things like a history of endometriosis or a history of um, any sort of pelvic pain. So if you have pain with every menstrual cycle, that significant pain is going to cause those muscles to tighten up to protect the area. It's like if you've ever injured your back, and you would notice that all of those muscles spasm and they tighten and it's a protective response. So if you're experiencing pain with every menstrual bleed, the pelvic floor is more than likely going to tighten up, try and protect, and that actually can sometimes worsen pelvic pain. So pelvic floor physios also, I work with a lot of women with um, period pain and endometriosis to teach them how to completely relax the pelvic floor. So in pregnancy, if you've had a history of um, trauma to the pelvic floor, falling on your ass, snowboarding, endometriosis, or even recurrent urinary tract infections or thrush or things that have irritated the area that might have increased tension in the pelvic floor, we need to be aware of these things. And the next thing that significantly impacts our tone in the pelvic floor is actually our emotional state. So unlike other muscles in the body, the pelvic floor is so significantly impacted by our nervous system and our emotional state. And this is because there's such close connection to our, our nervous system impacting the whole area of the vagina, the pelvic floor. There is so many more nerve endings than there is to other muscles. So if we think about arousal, you know, the pelvic floor and the whole vaginal area, the labia, um, can become aroused just from thinking about something. So this shows that without physical stimulation, we can have changes to the state of our pelvic floor and our vulva, and we can have increased lubrication and secretions. So if we're constantly in a stressed response, what's going to happen is our tendency is going to hold tension in the pelvic floor. And some women are more predisposed to this than others. Some women, for instance, are jaw clenches and hold a lot of their stress and tension in their jaw and they grind their teeth at night. Some women hold a lot of tension in their upper traps and their shoulders are up near their ears. And other women have a tendency to hold and store tension in the pelvic floor. So it's really important in pregnancy to identify whether you have a tendency in response to stress or a high work volume or something that's causing you to hold more tension in your body, whether you're actually tightening and contracting those pelvic floor muscles. 
And it starts with having more of an awareness. So connecting with a pelvic floor physio, whether that's in person or online, and learning how to properly contract and relax the pelvic floor. So there is some benefit to having a physical exam. At the moment, as I said, I'm traveling and the exams that I give are um, self-exams. So I have a video where I demonstrate on the pelvic model how to self-assess your pelvic floor. But having some understanding of what, how the pelvic floor feels in response to pressure. Is there pain when we press in certain areas around the circumference of the vagina? Or is there pain with intercourse? Or is there pain with using tampons in the past? So those things might be cues that the pelvic floor is holding some tension. And then on a physical assessment, we would see um, tightness and less of an ability to contract and relax. So the way that I can feel this with an internal exam is I can feel the woman's ability to turn on, but I don't feel her ability to switch the pelvic floor off as significantly. So if you imagine the bicep muscle, for instance, if I hold my hand on the wrist and I get you to contract the bicep muscle, I will feel the muscle contract and I will feel your palm lift all the way up to your shoulder and then extend all the way out straight. And that is your range of movement. But when I'm feeling for pelvic floor contraction, what I am feeling is how much range of movement can a woman achieve? Can they fully contract the pelvic floor? Can I feel a lift of the finger or can she feel a lift of the finger with a self-assessment? And then can she feel or can I feel a clear descent of the pelvic floor muscles when she's releasing? And sometimes if the pelvic floor is a little bit more tight or overactive, then there might not be a significant relaxation phase. So that is where learning how to properly relax and contract can come in handy. So I want to talk about the research in regards pelvic floor tone and labor outcomes. And then we can go through and chat about some of my top exercises to practice relaxing the pelvic floor in preparation for birth. So in 2007, Peter Dietz, who's a obscine, ob started to do some research into the impact of levator hiatus size. So this is the deep pelvic floor muscle circumference, and they measured this with real-time ultrasound, 3D translabial ultrasound. And what they found is that there was a correlation between a smaller size of the pelvic floor and a longer second stage duration of labor. More recent studies have also linked this to an increased risk of instrumental birth. So when the pelvic floor length and whether that is because we're holding tension constantly and we don't know how to completely release it, or perhaps it's more of a genetic link that the tissue is quite tight, but we've found that this is starting to correlate when we look at the research with a longer second stage of labor, so a longer pushing phase, and an increased risk of needing um, forceps or vacuum in labor. So then in the research, we started to look at what was the impact of a woman's ability to relax and contract the pelvic floor in response to what outcome did she have in her birth? And what they found, so um, I'll just bring up the study. So 
they looked at the ability to contract and relax the pelvic floor and whether or not on a valsalva, so on a pushing breath, whether a woman was contracting or relaxing. The study, it was by Yusuf et al, and it was in 2019, it looked at quite a large cohort. So there was 284 women. Um, they were low risk, first time pregnancy um, and it was, they were assessed right before the onset of labor with a transperineal ultrasound. And they looked at the diameter of the deep pelvic floor muscles. And then they looked at their maximum ability to contract their pelvic floor and their ability to create a valsalva. Now, a valsalva is our ability to kind of create that pushing breath using our diaphragm and our abdominal muscles. And what they found is that some women were identified as co-contracting. So they were actually, when they were doing a pushing breath, they were actually co-contracting their pelvic floor muscles when they should really actually be relaxing them. And they found that um, for second stage labor, when the women were not co-activating their pelvic floor, the average length of labor was around 63 minutes. Remember, this is first time women pushing phase. And the women that were persistently co-activating, so didn't know how to properly relax the pelvic floor when they were pushing, had an average length of 83 minutes. So quite statistically significant. They had on average 20, well, 24, 20 minutes longer um, of that pushing phase. Another study by Brunelli um, in 2020 was looking at similar thing. They were looking at this co-contraction so women's ability to relax the pelvic floor or contract when they were pushing and the impact of that on the duration of labor and again they found that there was links to a longer second stage so um, women who were able to completely relax the pelvic floor while they were pushing had a much shorter pushing phase of labor so we want to start learning in pregnancy how to properly contract and feel the pelvic floor relax. We want to learn how to ensure that we're not holding tension in those muscles all the time and learn how to effectively create that downward force of the diaphragm and create that pushing breath and ensure that we're not co-contracting or contracting the pelvic floor when we're actually trying to relax. So some of my top tips for this is, first of all, work with a pelvic floor physio, whether that is, as I said, um, going and getting a physical exam or working um, with myself in my online programs. I run an eight-week program called Prepare Your Mind Core and Pelvic Floor, which is all about preparing women for labor, physically, mentally, um, teaching perineal massage, teaching pushing breath with biofeedback for the pelvic floor but work with someone to get that support and to ensure that the program is tailored specifically for you and your pelvic floor. And then one of the, one of my favorite exercises is to use a Pilates ball. So a Pilates ball is a round ball, usually about 20 centimeters in circumference and it's quite small. Um, and then I get women to use that ball as a way to get more feedback on the perineum. So often I'll get clients to kneel on the Pilates ball. If you don't have a Pilates ball, um, which you do get free as part of my eight-week program, 
but you can use a big fit ball because you'll still get a little bit of sensation of the pelvic floor move against the ball is sit on the ball if you've got a pilates ball you can kneel on it pull the buttocks apart so that the ball is really pushing up into the perineum this gives so much extra feedback for the brain to start to identify and really feel those muscles lift and release and then what we want to do is use the breath so we know that the diaphragm and pelvic floor are, are connected fascially. So when we breathe in, our diaphragm descends and it stretches our pelvic floor. And when we just normally breathe out, when we exhale, our pelvic floor and our diaphragm lift up. So what we can practice is feeling when I breathe in and I'm sitting on the ball, can I actually feel a very subtle stretch as my diaphragm descends and my belly expands, can I feel this subtle stretch of the pelvic floor down on the ball? As you breathe out then, can you feel the pelvic floor muscles contract? Can you consciously tighten the pelvic floor and feel a sensation like the range of movement of my bicep, a sensation of lifting of the pelvic floor up and off that ball? And then when we let go of the pelvic floor, can we feel a conscious, very a subtle feeling of the pelvic floor letting go and descending back down. And as we practice this exercise, particularly if the pelvic floor is a little bit overactive, we should feel more range of movement like the bicep. If we imagine if it's constantly kind of stuck in this mid range, as we get better at contracting and releasing, we should feel more letting go and more range of movement on the lift so that feeling of the pelvic floor sort of lifting off the ball so this can be a great exercise to practice as I said really helpful to work with a physio so that you can get um, extra feedback and so you know where exactly you are on that spectrum and then working with the breath learning how to descend on the inhale and contract on the exhale and then understanding that when we practice our birth breath, so our pushing breath, we are actually reverse breathing. So we are inhaling and stretching and relaxing the pelvic floor. And this is where a lot of um, women get confused because often in yoga or hypnobirthing courses, they're teaching that push breath, relax the pelvic floor. But if you've done Pilates or worked with the pelvic floor physio in the past, they've got you to contract on that exhale. But during labor, we want the pelvic floor to relax. Okay, if baby's head is starting to push down and descend through that pelvic outlet, we need the pelvic floor to stretch and relax so that baby can easily move out. And if the pelvic floor is not able to relax, it's obviously going to make for more resistance, more forceful pushing and therefore increase risk of tears and increase um, duration of labor and potentially increase the risk of needing an instrumental assisted delivery. So really important that we spend some time learning these breath techniques and understand that with our pushing breath, our biomechanics are different because with our pushing breath, we're actually creating this long, low tone sound. And often women in labor, when they are creating that Valsalva, that pushing breath, we are letting out these long guttural vocal sounds, often low tone. And when we're letting out those deep um, abdominal guttural sounds, we're actually descending the diaphragm. 
So another little piece of education here is that there's a close connection between our respiratory diaphragm, our pelvic floor and our vocals. So if you pop your thumb and index finger on your vocal cords right now for me, take a breath in through the nose and then let out a high pitch sound and then a low pitch sound. Can you feel your glottis, your vocal cords lift up and lower down? Do it a few times, have a feel. This is actually the same thing that's happening at the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. So when I'm doing an assessment on a client, I can actually feel when her tone of voice increases, her pelvic floor tone increases. So when we're in labor and we're letting out those low tone sounds, the diaphragm is actually descending. And sometimes it's even um, a slight constriction at the back of the throat, really pushing that glottis down and then pushing that diaphragm down. And then we're getting a little bit of recruitment from the abdominals to help with that downward um, pushing breath. And we are feeling the diaphragm push down. And at the same time, the pelvic floor should actually be lengthening. So again, in my programs, I actually teach with that Pilates ball how to create that feedback where we're practicing our pushing breath and we're feeling the pelvic floor actually lengthen and descend with that downward breath. So to summarize what we've gone through today, it is really important in pregnancy to see a pelvic floor physio. Don't wait for afterbirth see a physio in pregnancy because they will be able to assess your pelvic floor and educate you on how to properly contract and properly relax and teach you a proper technique for that downward breathing to ensure that you're not that um I think it's one third is the statistics statistics from the research one third of women actually co-contract so they contract their pelvic floor when they're trying to push and that is like two forces opposing each other so that is like um squeezing the pelvic floor and creating constriction and trying to push through it so just like uh, when we're emptying our bowels we want that feeling of the pelvic floor completely release that is what we want to achieve in labor in order to make um we'll reduce the risk of tearing and allow an easier descent of baby down and out through the birth canal the perineum and, and through the pelvic floor so starting to learn and understand your own pelvic floor to be able to consciously feel those muscles in your body and notice throughout the day am I stressed am I actually tensing down there most people know if they've been clenching their jaw overnight or if they're grinding their teeth but if I ask a woman do you clench your pelvic floor she'll have no idea so starting to bring more awareness into your body and into these parts of the body that we've become quite disconnected with then practicing exercises that will improve your awareness with that biofeedback of feeling the lift and feeling the lower and practicing that range of movement and then towards the end of your pregnancy in preparation for birth practicing some of these breath techniques and even feeling the physical sensation, the lengthening of the pelvic floor in response to these breath techniques. And we can even tie that in with things like perineal massage. So I will leave a link in the show notes. Um, if you have any questions on Facebook Live, let me know in the group. Um, otherwise, I will, as I said, leave a link in the show notes. So if you have any questions feel free to contact me either on um, instagram send me a dm or um 
contact me by email or you can book in for a free 15 minute discovery call. So if you're currently pregnant and you're interested in learning more about your pelvic floor and the programs that I offered um, in certain trimesters, jump on and book in for a free 15 minute discovery call so we can have a chat and make sure that we point you in the right direction. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this with other pregnant women or other women that you think deserve to understand this information. It is my mission to share this knowledge with women because this is something that I believe that we should all be taught.